0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. And justice shall prevail. Off and running on this Thursday. What is it? April 30th? Final day of April. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Power Hour. The Gordon Damer Show. 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Oh my goodness, people. So much. I mean, honestly... Too much to really be able to get in. But let's try anyway. We'll do our best in this little 60-minute window. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. That is up. That is running. That is functional. That's not canceled. That's not postponed. The phone number still works if you want to reach out and be part of the show. Of course, I am on Twitter. On the old Instagram as well, at Gordon Damer. Now, Twitter, of course probably know this, but I'll remind you anyway. That is where you can find the rewatchable movie bracket today. Really, you would have to say today is, of all the matchups, even with I don't know what's going to happen down the road, today is probably the greatest clash of titans that you could ever imagine. And when I was drawing up the the, the teams and the seedings and all, this is what I was hoping was going to happen at this stage, just a mammoth battle Two of the most significant films in our lifetimes, probably the number one and two overall seeds in the tournament. And either would be a deserving overall champ. But I'm, you know, I'm guessing that is not where we're going to spend uh, some of our time talking about the rewatchable movie bracket after, I guess you'd have to say, uh, probably the greatest comeback in our tournament so far. But we'll get to that. In a little bit. Of course, we always lead off with the sports headlines. And actually, there is quite a bit of them today after everything that happened yesterday. So first off, I guess we will start with the baseball. And it seems like we're moving in the right direction. Still a lot to be determined. Still a lot that can go wrong. But a little uh, one more step, depending on how big of a step you think it is. Maybe you think it's a little tiny step. Maybe you think it's a more important step than that. But yesterday, Charles Gasparino of Fox Business tweeted out and had a report that senior baseball officials tell him they are near certain there will be Major League Baseball in 2020, even if the details of the game are still being debated. League is closely watching Governor Cuomo for timing on reopening of New York City and games for the Mets and Yankees. So that was uh, one report there. You kind of add that into the USA Today report from what was it uh, Tuesday? About how they were going to draw up these three divisions, these three ten-team divisions. Uh, you had Aaron Boone, which we really didn't focus on that much, but I think he was back on Tuesday on Sports Center saying that he is um, he feels like the plan is becoming more and more feasible. So this is all wonderful news. Now it's not anything concrete. It's not anything that tells you, okay, here's the plan. And at some time soon, you're going to have to kind of come up with a plan, right? Like they keep kind of reworking and coming up with new details and coming up with different ways to try to do this. At some point here, because tomorrow's May, you're going to have to kind of get the ball rolling and, and decide on a plan, even if it's not perfect, if you want baseball in 2020. So you get that news. That's all good news. But of course, it seems like anytime you get some good news, you have to, of course, you know, go the other way. And not that it's on the same scale, but you got the news yesterday that the Hall of Fame inductions are going to be postponed for this year. Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, the rest of the class, they're going to have to wait a year. I mean, I don't see how anybody could say that's not the right decision, right? You're not going to, you're not going to do the Hall of Fame inductions through a Zoom meeting, right? A major part of it is the crowd in Cooperstown, as well as being surrounded by the other Hall of Famers. And I mean, it's a dangerous situation right now. That you're looking at for anyone, but the Hall of Famers especially, which most of them are are, are older, right? So that to, to me was an easy call. Yesterday, maybe the worst piece of news, which at least seems like it is wrong, was there was this report that minor league baseball was going to cancel the entire season. Now, our Jeff Passan came out and said that that is not true. That is a, that is not a true report. So that was like a, a once I saw Jeff said that it was like woof thank god for that because that's the last thing you need right now. Now now look, I don't know, maybe the situation will continue to be as bad as it is right now and that will end up being the case. But at least for now in this moment, if you think about an enti- you know, someone like you know, a league like minor league baseball, not that I'm going to minor league baseball games, but that would not set a great precedent for the chances of seeing Major League Baseball this year. Not that it's directly tied one to the other, but it's certainly not uh, a good piece of news to hear. So the fact that uh, Jeff Pass and others uh, within the game came out and said, no, that report is uh, factually inaccurate, is good news. So yesterday, Buster Only was on with Barton Hahn 1-3, to Monday through Friday. And he was asked, will we have baseball in 2020?
1: I have no idea because, it, let's face it, the whole situation depended on so many factors out of the control of Major League Baseball, but knowing what a fragile equation it is, I'll answer it this way. Uh, would I bet the family farm back in Vermont to save my life one way or the other? I would say no. Uh, I just think there are just so many potential hurdles, and as they say, if you get one small pocket of positive tests, it would set it back immediately.
0: All right. So I think Buster is being very realistic there. Uh, he's not being overly optimistic. But I think, uh, you know, from the people that he talks to, I, I can understand why anyone would feel the way Buster is feeling. What does he think of the latest plan, the three team, you know, the, uh, the 10 team, three divisions?
1: That it's incredibly fragile and that there are just so many details that need to be worked out. And and this is, you know, it's not at all a reflection of the reporting because all of the, you know, the things that have been reported on are being discussed. But what I think happens is is that when one of the ideas or two of the ideas get get leaked out, that, um, you know, because they're published, they tend to take on meaning that's probably out of their true context. Mm -hmm. And they're truly where. Where they stand. Uh, you know, in the last 24 hours, I've had people in baseball tell me they actually don't think games are going to be played. I had one person tell me they thought, you know, maybe late June. So there's a wide range of questions, and I think that's just because there's so many details.
0: Okay, so there's Buster Only with Barton Hahn yesterday. Obviously, Barton Hahn, 1-3, to 3, Monday through Friday. And want to sh- throw a shout-out to them because their audience yesterday doing a fantastic job. But we'll allude to that a little bit later on. Uh, but that was uh, not the only headline yesterday. You had the Knicks and Leon Rose deciding to keep Scott Perry. I guess it's not really a shock because it seemed like that was going to happen. I do have to say, for me, it is kind of disappointing because... When you've had a situation that has, a team like the Knicks who have been as bad as they have been, for as long as they have been, and as dysfunctional as they have been, when you have someone like Leon Rose, and you know, if you remember, if you were listening then, I was not a fan of the Leon Rose hire at the time. I'm willing to give him a chance. It's an outside-the-box hire at a time where I didn't really think the Knicks needed to go outside the box. This was a time where the Knicks needed to stay inside the box. Because they show when they go outside the box that they should never be going outside the box. They would be better off starting in the box. And then down the road, if things go right, next time, try outside the box. But I was not a huge fan of the Leon Rose hire at the time. But I'm willing to give him a chance because it is such a, a wild card, right? He has no um, he has no resume in the job that he's in to kind of know where he's going to go and what direction he's going to take the Knicks. So when you've been as bad as the Knicks have been, for as long as they've been this bad and as dysfunctional, it's really not even about Scott Perry as much as it is. It feels like you need a house cleaning. It feels like you need a fresh start, that you need to tear things down and start over rather than just throwing a fresh can of paint on the walls and calling it a day. Now, during quarantine, one of the shows that um, I've been watching with my kids at night is this show called Nailed It. It's on Netflix. Very funny. It's a baking show. It's a reality show. It's a baking show where they get these regular people who try to make these insanely difficult cakes. And it always goes wrong, right? I mean, these people don't have the skill to do these things, but you know, and they make all these common mistakes. And one of the common mistakes that they, they make is when they're baking a cake, they don't grease the pan. So what happens is the cake, stays in the pan, you they can't get it all out at once. The cake gets all broken up. So one of the ways they get around this is they have this thing called fondant. It's like this rollable icing. And if you roll it out thin enough, it will cover up the whole cake. So underneath the cake is all broken up, but you can't tell that because you got the rollable icing and you can kind of make it look all pretty. That kind of is what this feels like, right? Like the Knicks behind the scenes are this mess And this was the time, and it's not really even about Scott Perry because I can't tell you for sure. Scott Perry hasn't been here long enough to say, all right, for sure this guy cannot do the job. I don't know how much of an impact Scott Perry really had. You know, with Steve Mills here and the other people behind the scenes. I'm not telling you the reason the Knicks are bad is because of Scott Perry or that he can't do the job. I like some of the things that he's done. Or uh, let, Let me say this. It's not so much that he's done them because I don't know that he's done them per se, but while he's been here, obviously getting Mitchell Robinson in the second round was a, was a fantastic move. RJ Barrett still seems like to me the right pick last year at three, but there's other moves that he's been here for that they're far worse than the good moves are good. Let's put it that way. The Kevin Knox decision to, dra- I mean, he certainly seems like it's still early, but it certainly seems like he is a bust. And then, of course, Perry was here for the Porzingis trade, and the Porzingis trade has been abysmal. I mean, that out of all the moves that have taken place here the last few years, and the reason why the Knicks are in the position that they're in is because the trade with Porzingis was so bad. It was awful, and it was awful in the moment, right away. Now, you can tell me, well, you know what, they had to move him. You can tell me, you know, he's not an A1 superstar. All those things might be true. But what the Knicks got back for Christoph Porzingis was terrible. And you'd have to also say that Scott Perry was here for last you know, part of last off season. I'm not saying that he's the primary person responsible. I think the primary person responsible for clearing out cap space and then not getting anybody of value with the cap space would be Steve Mills. He was supposed to be, you know, the wheeler and dealer behind the scenes, the real, you know, NBA mover and shaker and his information was clearly wrong. But at the end of the day, while it's not about Perry, it does it does it does feel like this was the time to clean house. This was the time for a fresh start, and Leon Rose decided not to do that. I'm not going to crush him for it. Maybe now under, you know, Leon Rose's watch the decisions will be better, but it does feel like a missed opportunity. By deciding to bring back Steve Perry, uh, Steve Perry, Scott Perry. I always call him Steve Perry. The guy from Journey probably would have a better uh, draft record than the Knicks have had here over the last couple of years. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we have to uh, talk about some other things that happened yesterday. Everyone is enjoying. Everyone, and I wouldn't even say enjoying. Everybody is loving The Last Dance, right? The, the Bulls documentary. Well, apparently not everyone. Some, uh, one person who does not, and it's not me. I always get called that guy, right? Oh, he he hates it. I love The Last Dance. Everybody loves The Last Dance. Well, we found the one person who does not love The Last Dance. And then, of course, I'm burying the lead. But yesterday, a very momentous day for the rewatchable movie bracket and so many details we have to get into. So we'll get into that next. Fighting injustice wherever we go. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is. 98.7 FM ESPN New York. You know, other shows, they would see situations and they would allow, even though they knew they were wrong, they would allow them to fester. They would allow them to continue. Not here, buddy. Not on this show. We are about fighting injustice in any and all forms and getting the right thing to happen. By the way, If you have a small business and are trying to get the word out that you're still serving the community, hey, let us know. We've had over 350 local businesses reach out. We're sharing their stories. We're sending their messages. Send a message to us if you are one of those businesses. Email us, 987ESPN at gmail.com. 987ESPN at gmail.com. Let us know your story. We will pass the word along to our listeners. Again, 987 ESPN at gmail.com. Like the Park Steakhouse, located 151 Kinderkamack Road in Park Ridge, New Jersey. They are serving dry-aged steaks Wednesdays through Sundays, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. They have curbside pickup and direct delivery. They also open early on Mother's Day, which is coming up quickly, right? What's that, the 9th, the 10th, something like that? Uh, make sure to call the Park Steakhouse. there you go there. All right, so it is the Gordon Damer Show, it is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, we have lots of stuff to do, including the rewatchable movie, and today is a very celebratory Gordon Damer Show. I guess if there is a word for today, you know, like Sesame Street used to have a word or a letter of the day. If there is a word for today, I believe that word, I guess you'd have to say it would be justice, right? Maybe if there was a word of the day, it would be yippee kaye. But that in a moment, as the rewatchable movie bracket rolls on. We've been talking all week, and really for the last couple of weeks, about The Last Dance, right? It's been fantastic. Can't get enough of it. Well, we have found the one guy who does not like The Last Dance. Four episodes in the books, strong reviews overall from like people who are in the business. The ratings have been fantastic. And look, it's made for the viewing public, and the overwhelming reaction to it has been, it's been fantastic. Well, the one guy who was uh, not so much on board, Ken Burns, the award-winning filmmaker known for uh, documentaries like Baseball, Um, He had one on the national parks. He had one on uh, Vietnam, which was unbelievable. I mean, I think that's the of the ones that I've seen of Ken Burns. That one was fantastic. But he doesn't like the fact that the last dance, the people who created it. Partnered with Michael Jordan, right? Like he had control over what footage made air and didn't. And and Burns says that that is something he would let me get this right. Never, 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 never agreed to as a filmmaker. Here is his quote. It is from, where is it? The Wall Street Journal? Not sure. But this is the quote. I find it the opposite direction of where we need to be going. If you are there influencing the very fact of it getting made, it means that certain aspects that you don't necessarily want in aren't going to be in, period. And that's not the way you do good journalism. And it's certainly not the way... You do good history. My business. Okay. So I guess there there, there have been other people. Uh, I, I have not seen them that have brought up this point that, um, you know, the, the fact that Michael Jordan has an impact and it's, it's partnered with Michael Jordan to get the access, that the objectivity is not going to be there as it would be if you didn't. Well, look, overall, I guess he's kind of right, right? If you're looking for journalism – um, partnering with the subject you're talking about is not a good way to go about that. But I don't think any, you know, in terms of a viewer, I don't think anybody's really looking for journalism. I think we're just looking for entertainment. I don't think that anybody is, is saying, well, this is going to be a hard-hitting look at the Chicago Bulls. I think this is a kind of a walk down memory lane, and that's what you're looking for out of this documentary. So if we get done with the ten-part series, and at no point do they address Michael Jordan's sabbatical from his his first retirement, and and the reasons surrounding it, well, then maybe you have uh, a better claim. But you know, for Ken Burns, this is not Vietnam, right? This is the Jordan Bulls. So fundamentally, I think he's correct. But I don't think anybody's going in looking for that. We want the behind-the-scenes access. And when you get to the level of Michael Jordan, to get the -the behind-the-scenes access, you're going to have to kind of agree to partner with someone who has that power. You could do the documentary without him, I guess, but the power of the series, I think, is not just the story, but the access to basically everyone involved. And if you didn't have access to Michael Jordan, uh, (laughs) obviously, that would be a big hole in the, the, the documentary. So I get what he's saying, and I guess fundamentally he is probably, he is probably right, but I, I don't think that anybody really cares. Cause as I said, this is not a topic like World War II or uh, Vietnam where it is about journalism and telling the story in its truest form. It's about a walk down memory lane and uh, everybody's enjoying it. So uh, stop killing our buzz there, Ken Burns. All right. I also had to laugh. Uh, there were every time the two episodes air, there's already uh, a preview of what is to come. And I saw a story. I can't remember where it was that like in the next two episodes that air on Sunday, they're going to address the Knicks rivalry. Well, I figured they were going to address the Knicks rivalry at some point. Right. What did you think? The Knicks fans were going to get get off the hook. Uh, I didn't think so. All right. So as I said, we've kind of buried the lead here because yesterday was a huge day for our rewatchable movie bracket. To recap, in case you didn't join us yesterday, Tuesday, we brought back the rewatchable movie bracket, the regional final in the action region. And we had I made a mistake. We put up a poll question. I put up the poll question. The two participants, Dark Knight versus diehard. And the poll question, I put it up for the wrong amount of time. Screwed it up. And the the early result was that the Dark Knight won. But once I realized oh my goodness, I made this mistake, I screwed it up yesterday, I said the tournament I checked with the tournament committee, and the tournament committee made the tough but correct call to replay the entire poll. That's the only thing we could do. So yesterday, I put up the poll question, put it up for the correct amount of time. And uh, it looked early on like the result was going to be the same. Throughout the show, it was pretty much neck and neck, I'd say. Die Hard was winning at a time. Dark Knight was winning at a time. But then as the show ended, Die Hard had a little bit of a lead, but that lead quickly went away. Dark Knight. Much like the day before, over the same time frame, Dark Knight took a lead, took a little bit of a bigger lead, and then took, I'd say, a pretty commanding lead. I think at one point it was like um, fifty-four forty-six. I think that was the largest lead I saw for Dark Knight. But much like the NCAA tournament, which the rewatchable movie bracket is based on, or at least the format is. There's a lot of times where teams have a big lead in the first half, and then in the second half, things change. So yesterday, I I guess I checked at around, I don't know, maybe noonish, and it was, you know, Dark Knight was winning. And I said, well, look, you know what? I did the right thing. I reran the poll. If the results are the same, even though I don't agree with it, it's the right, you know, the, the audience has voted. They got it wrong, I think. I think Die Hard is clearly the better movie. But I even tweeted out at one point, hey, all you crybabies, because, I mean, the the amount of Dark Knight fans, when you told them we were going to do it over again, they had such confidence in how great their movie was. The first thing they did was whine about, I don't want to have to do it again, because I think they kind of knew if we did it for like all the other poll questions, there was at least a chance that they were going to lose. And I tweeted out. See Dark Knight, Crybabies, the movie, your movie is still winning. You have it in the bag. Well, they didn't have it in the bag because very interesting things happen. I guess it was uh, around one o'clock ish. Because the poll stayed open for the proper amount of time. My producer, Brian Mungia, he retweets the poll question through the the 98.7 account and Brian decided to retweet it during the fabulous Bart and Han show Monday through Friday 1 to 3. I did not know this at the time. I did not know that Brian was going to do this I was and I did not it on me. see it. What's that? No, I'm not blaming <laughs> you. I'm not blaming you, but I mean you would have to say I think that that did have an impact in getting more people obviously to see it. And uh, I did not know that you were going to do that, correct Brian? Yes. You you did did. not check with me, or I did not tell you, hey, make sure you... No, no, you didn't
2: tell me to tweet it during Barton Han.
0: Right. I did not see this until much later, until you texted me. I did not know that you had done that. But that is when I rechecked the poll question, and everything was different. Flip, Because at that (laughs) point, Die Hard had not only come back, but, like, look, John McClain has been in a, a lot of bad situations, and this is just the latest one where he faced much longer odds. But was able to overcome those odds because, uh, you know, yesterday up until about, I'd say probably about one o'clock, Dark Knight was leading short time frame. The people who voted, obviously short attention spans. But the poll question stayed open The Bart and Han audience did a fantastic job picking the correct movie. And in the end, the correct decision was made. And Die Hard, moving on to the Final Four. It is unbelievable. What an unbelievable comeback. Great job by Die Hard. Great job by Brian Mungia. Great job by Barton Hahn listeners. And really, if you were going to say who's the biggest winner in all of this, I think you have to say Justice. Justice is the biggest winner out of the entire situation. So Dark Knight fans clearly are upset. But if you're looking for people to be upset at, I think, to be fair, you would have to first point the finger at Brian. Brian is the first person responsible <laughs> by retweeting it out at one o'clock. Secondly, I would say you would have, if you know, if you're going to use the fingers on your hand to point at people, the Barton Hot audience, Barton Hot audience, Monday through Friday, one to three, 98.7 FM. And then I guess if you're going to continue to run down the list, I, I would think you would have to be upset with, I guess, people with taste. I'd be I, I, That would be the third person, you know, the third group on my list if I was making a list. But the main thing is, if you're upset with anybody about the result, it should not be me. My hands are clean. <laughs> Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, our moment of inspiration today. Well, look, this is a guy who has gotten crushed at times. And look, fairly, right? If you don't perform in the biggest moments, you're going to get crushed in this town. And he has certainly lived that. But let's give a little hat tip, a little round of applause to Giancarlo Stanton. As uh, documented by Ken Davidoff of the New York Post yesterday, the Yankee slugger announcing that uh, he has donated 12000 Face shields to hospitals in New York City, as well as Southern California. Quote, according in the article, uh, Stanton told David Ob, I've seen the growing needs of the healthcare war- workers. I've kind of been doing research and seeing what they need most, what can benefit them through the long haul of this. I know they've had to exchange masks throughout the day. And with the limitation on masks in general, I thought it would be a smart idea to get those face shields. To cut down on the number, so great job by uh, Jean Carlos Stanton and his agent. They partnered with uh, Voodoo Manufacturing, and uh, great stuff there. And uh, hat tip to uh, Jean Carlos Stanton. So our moment of inspiration for this uh, Thursday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is ninety eight point seven FM, ESPN New York. We take you up until uh, six o'clock. Golick and Wingo then. Uh, and they will have Lewis Riddick on today. I think seven ten is the time there, so that uh, of course will be uh, breaking down the draft. I'm sure he'll have more stuff on uh, on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers situation, uh, the Eagles' picks, the Giants and Jets. So Golick and Wingo come your way at six o'clock, uh, and at seven they will be joined by uh, Lewis Riddick. But of course today we still have the rewatchable movie bracket to discuss. And have I tweeted out the poll question today? I'm not sure if I have or if I haven't. But the matchup today is clearly one of the uh, great all-timers. and I'll, Oh, yeah, I have done that already. Uh, but the matchup today, both probably a fitting overall champ, but the matchup today is in the drama region. The regional final in the Elite Eight matchup. Our number one overall seed is, of course, Goodfellas.
2: We always called each other Goodfellas. Like you would say to uh, somebody, you're going to like this guy. He's all right. He's a good fella. He's one of us. You understand? We were good fellas, wise guys. But Jimmy and I could never be made because we had Irish blood. It didn't even matter that my mother was Sicilian. To become a member of a crew, you've got to be 100% Italian so they can trace all your relatives back to the old country.
0: All right, so that's the number one seat. And they are going up against the number two seed, Godfather. My younger son was supposed to leave this country because of this salozo business. All right.
2: I have to make arrangements to bring him back here safely, clear of all these false charges. But I'm a superstitious man. And if some unlucky accident should befall him, if he should get shot on the head by a police officer, or if he should hang himself in his jail cell. Or if he's struck by a bolt of lightning. Then I'm going to blame some of the people in this room. And then I do not forgive.
0: Oh, the Don. There you go. So that's the matchup today. Voting is now open up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. And just a couple other things I just want to add before we go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. one 800 919 A- Remember before the tournament began when we had announced the seeds and it was like everybody would, oh, you did a terrible job with this thing. You did a terrible job with that thing. And look, when you make a list, which this is essentially is, you're not going to get 100 percent. You're not going to get 90 percent of people to agree on every single thing you do. But let me just say, as we await the final participant in the final four, the matchup today in the drama region is between the number one seed and the number two seed. So I would say, in terms of the drama region, I got it pretty much right. I would say, uh, in, in the drama region at least, I've nailed it. And who are the other participants in the final four? Well, now in the action region, as a result of yesterday, we know that the number one seed, Die Hard, is in the final four. I would have to say that in terms of seeding, if the number one seed advances to the final four, another great job by the selection committee, which, in case you are not aware, is me. In the comedy region, now, the number one seed did not move on there, but instead it was the number two seed. My cousin Vinny. So, again, a great job. Look, you don't want all four number one seeds. That's kind of boring if that's what ends up happening. And at the end of the day, I can only come up with the seeds and the voting public gets to decide. But I think that's another pretty good, the only one that you would say is an outlier would be in the wild card region where back to the future was a number seven seed. But as I've detailed many times, wild card, it's really up in the, I mean, that's, that's a wild card, right? It's a harder division to, to list. Because all the other regions kind of funnel into that one. So if you're going to have an outlier, that's probably where it's going to come from. So I think the main takeaway from my point is, man, what a a knockout job by me. And for all the criticism that I go, oh, you didn't put this in, you didn't put – I think I got it pretty much right. Secondly, you know, I've seen a couple of tweets, oh, Gordon's going to be talking about movies, not going to be talking about sports. We just spent the first half of the show talking about sports. Did I talk about baseball and the possibility of it being back in the good signs and the the, the, the good things, and the bad things? We played Buster only. Yes, we've done that. Have I talked about the Bulls in the last day? We've talked about that. Yesterday, we talked about the football. Yesterday, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to beat the thing to death. But we've talked all about the sport. Every day, we talk about the sports, But until we wrap up the movies, the poll question is always a focus of the show. And right now it's about the movies. So there you go. All right. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Let's get some phone calls in. Obviously you can vote on the matchup. Uh, goodfellas godfather. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. But if you want to get on the sports conversation, certainly we can have that at 1-800-919-ESPN. But a lot of people also want to talk about the brilliant idea of the rewatchable movie brackets. That's what I got to do. All right. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. Let's start off with, uh, oh, I think Lewis is in Whippany who, uh, look, he was he was celebrating yesterday. He thought it was in the bag, much like I did. I'm not going to blame him. I thought it was in the bag, too, but uh, it looks like uh, it didn't work out for Lewis. Lewis, how are you this morning, my friend?
2: Mm, um, I'll be
0: uh Let me okay. ask you this. Were you more disappointed when you eventually found out the Dark Knight got the boot or when the XFL went out of business?
2: Actually, when the XFL went out of business. Oh, okay. All
0: right. So it's not the worst thing that's happened. Okay.
2: No, no, it's not. I mean, God, now you're delirium. Really. God, the XFL, uh, the championship game would have been this uh, past Sunday, and, okay. and you know the, the the season was doing well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, viewership was going down. All right,
0: let, let's focus on the movies. Let's not uh, focus on the XFL. I'm sorry to I mean, get like you distracted. I say, you, you what happened to your me. Dark Knight? The Dark Knight uh, had a bad listen. Moment.
2: If mm-hmm. we want to really talk about injustice, yeah. Um, You know, obviously you uh, manipulated uh, the seedings, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You putting a weak movie in the beginning of the brackets against Die Hard. um, Well, of course I put a
0: weak movie. The the, the 16th seed is going to be a weak movie.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, even in the NCAA tournament, the 16th seed is not just a weak team. It's a team that worked hard to make it at least to Not
0: team. always. Sometimes there's an automatic bid that has to be part of the field, and I felt like there had to be a Marvel movie because of all the comic book nerds. So we picked. That? I picked the one that I had seen you on TV the, the most, in Captain Marvel. No,
2: no, you chose the world. Everybody.
0: Well, look, you can you can nitpick. That's not the reason why the Dark Knight lost yesterday. We put the it's Dark not. Knight it's on not. an equal footing to all the other matchups in the tournament, and it lost. You have to accept defeat like a man.
2: I, I, I am. I, you know what? I'm, I'm this say is accepting was, I was,
0: defeat was, like a man?
2: Yes, because I was going to – wait, let me finish. I was going to say, you know what? If you really wanted to make this credible, also no. add in the numbers from you know, the previous no. result. So, no. No. Well, that does, no wait, because Lewis, wait, thank you for the call.
0: No, that doesn't no work because – The people who voted the first day, their vote did get counted the second day. Now, if if I had said only people, if there was some way we could only take new votes the second day, well, then, yes, we would add in the first day votes. But we're not going to add a a time section twice, right? Like the people who either are up right now listening to the show up until, what what was it, like 12 o'clock, they got to vote the first day, but no one else did. But we're not going to take those people who also voted I'm I'm sure the second day and also got to um to, to do it a second time. That wouldn't make any sense. Look, I understand you thought your movie was going to win. Lewis was predicting it was going to be a blowout, that the Dark Knight was going to win the whole thing, and it couldn't even get out of the the the, the, the regional final. So uh, look, I understand he's disappointed. It happens. I would say just, you know. Have a better movie to root for. I think that I think that's the the takeaway. Let's go out to Matt Marlborough. Matt, what's going on, my man?
1: Good morning, Gordon. How you doing? I'm good, man. What's up? You and I got into a rare fisticuff yesterday on Twitter about this, and you are my boy and my number one radio guy. So oh, I will you, always I will always just take it with a grain of salt and move on. So I know you're a fan of procedural justice, so I was telling yes. your screener that a fair solution, meeting you halfway, is to putting up a – you don't have to accept the result, but I'm saying if you wanted to, for argument's sake, you should put up a best two out of three and see what the day three result of no, that, that matchup that, was.
0: That, 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 no, uh, that, that, that doesn't – look, I understand you have a rooting interest in the Dark Knight, but we, put, we gave it also, the fair thing. And it and it, it played out exact. Matt, Matt thank you for the call. It played out exactly the same. Right. Yesterday, we put up the poll question for the right amount of time. And the numbers showed you that the audience in those time sections voted in a very similar way up until one o'clock, which the original poll question, I think, was for or twelve o'clock, somewhere around there. It was the same result as the day before. But as I said, if you leave it open for the same time frame, the 24 hour time frame, different voters, and I think especially in this in this instance, the Bart and Hahn voters, thank you to them, Monday through Friday, one to three, they are the guys who overall turned the tide. So when the the poll question stayed open for the same amount of time as all the other one, when it was on a level playing field, the correct decision came out. That's the only way you can judge it. So no, you don't do best two out of 3. You don't say, "Oh, well, you know what, I like this bet." No, you have to be fair. I and and look, I'm fair. That's the only thing you can say. I am a big fan of justice, and I think justice uh, prevailed. In case you're just joining us on this Thursday morning, we talked about uh, the baseball and I guess more positive signs that uh, things are moving in the right direction. Although I do feel like it's, you know, maybe one step forward, one step back, and maybe at this point things need to be moving a little bit more squarely in the right direction. But you had the report from Fox Business yesterday that uh, senior MLB officials saying that there will be Major League Baseball in 2020, even if the details of the game uh, have not been worked out as of yet. Then you heard Buster only, who was not as confident, the people he talks to, not as sure. So it's really kind of, what what's your outlook on the situation, right? What's your outlook on uh, life right now? Is it more optimistic or is it more pessimistic, I, I, as I brought up all week you know i'm going to hope for the best but in the back of my mind i am going to have some expectations of bad things and expect the worst so we've touched on that if you want to get in on that one 800 espn we talked about the the hall of fame induction being postponed for this year so Derek jeter larry walker the class of 2020 going to have to be pushed back till 2021 and clearly the right decision there especially when you look at it, you know, part of the weekend is not just the crowd. It's the other Hall of Famers, many of which are older. So they're certainly at risk. So I don't really think that that was much of a call there at all. And then the other headline that we kind of touched on today, the Knicks and Leon Rose deciding to keep Scott Perry. And my take on that is not really even so much about Scott Perry as it is about the fact is when Leon Rose came on board, you kind of were hoping That this was going to be a fresh start, and by not cleaning house, which really feels like that's what the Knicks need, um, it's disappointing. And Scott Perry, I'm not telling you definitively the moves that he has made have been awful. I think that there have been, over the last few years, uh, many more GMs in town that you would say, okay, it's pretty clear this guy is not up to the job. I'm not telling you he's Phil Jackson. There's no record of history that, that, that things are that bad because, A, you don't really know what moves are Scott Perry moves per se, which ones were were Steve Mills moves, which moves were made by other people behind the scenes. But as I said, I think that uh, this was a time and this was a call for a fresh start. And it's not just uh, to kind of slap a uh, can of paint on the walls and, and call it a day. I think that it's more important – to kind of tear things down rather than just kind of cover it up. And uh to, you know, Scott Perry has been here while some moves I do like uh, getting Mitchell Robinson in the second round. As I said, fantastic move stroke of brilliance. There has really worked out great. Uh RJ Barrett. I still think seems like the right call, even though still very early on, right? You can't say for sure, but, the bad moves, while Scott Perry have been here, have been much more glaring than the good moves have been positive. So let's put it that way. Uh, I think clearly the biggest move out of this entire, you know, if you look at the reason why the Knicks are in the position that they're in, I think it's because Christos Porzingis trade was was terrible. They got uh, basically nothing back for that except uh, a couple of draft picks, which really... Are kind of lottery tickets down the road, but they've not had any impact right now. And if you had it to do it all over again, you would certainly, the Knicks and Knicks fans, while they'll try to defend the move, well, you know, poor Zingas was a trouble. He was a problem. You had to get him out of here. He didn't want to be here. Poor Zingas is not a uh, franchise talent. He is much more of a, of a, of a Robin than a Batman. Uh, you can say all that right and, and, and don't necessarily disagree, but, the problem is, is that what you got back for him, you would not make that same deal again. Let's put it that way. You would certainly, you, you cleared out cap space for nobody. And even the pieces you got back, they've, they've not uh, had really any positive impact at all. So uh, very disappointing there. And then of course the other subject that we have uh, spent our day with has been the rewatchable movie bracket moving into uh, now the final four. One spot left. For the Final Four, and it is in the drama region, the real heavy hitters, and uh, it is Goodfellas versus Godfather, and uh, that poll question is up for today. It is on Twitter. It is at Gordon Dammer, but still a lot of fallout from yesterday and uh, the decision to replay the uh, the previous poll question because of the uh, mistake that I made, and uh, what an uh, amazing turnaround. And at the end of the day, in case you didn't uh, see it yesterday. Diehard, John McClain, who has faced longer odds before, coming back and pulling it out as Diehard actually won kind of convincingly. Uh usually when just looking at the other poll questions, we have some fluctuation from time to time. But to win 64 to 36, 1300 total votes, that is an impressive turnaround from Diehard which at around I would say I don't remember the specific time that I was watching, but around, I would say 12 o'clock, Dark Knight once again was starting to pull away, but you saw a very similar thing than the day before. 12 o'clock Dark Knight was winning, but then a lot of diehard fans came in late and uh, decided it. So diehard is into the final four. So we already have one number one seed, one number two seed, a number seven seed, and then today, It'll be between number one and number two. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. But fantastic job by the diehard fans coming through the Bart and Han audience. And I think the number one person responsible, and I think they have to take a bow, is Brian Mungia, producer extraordinaire, who uh, retweeted the poll question at about, what was it, about one o'clock yesterday, Brian?
2: One-twenty-ish around there, yeah.
0: One-twenty-ish. And uh, I, that you'd have to say that uh, that told the tale. That was the difference. So take a bow, my friend. You did a fantastic job. And anybody who's upset, well then I guess on the other side you would have to say the person to blame is Brian McGee. There's no other way to say it, right Brian? I mean, you would have to, you would have to accept that, that take responsibility. The blame. Yep, yep. Yeah, you have to take the blame there. Yep. Alright, that's gonna do it for another Gordon Damer show. We are almost, I mean, it's amazing how quickly we run out of time. We didn't even get to the, uh, the Brett Favre sound. So maybe we'll touch on that tomorrow. When it- <laughs> The story is even older than it is now, but please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Dammer, and it is the the classic matchup. Which really, either of these movies would be a fine overall winner, and at least so. and And this is the one matchup where I can't tell you you're wrong either way you go. Goodfellas godfather we'll recap it tomorrow the final four will be set and we will move into the championship round but that's going to do it for today we'll see you tomorrow at 5 98.7 fm espn new york this is the gordon damer show on 98.7 espn